You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet After Dark Podcast. I am your host, Ryan. Whatever, who cares? We're going to do some calls. We're going to have some fun. We're going to tell stories and we're going to laugh. We're going to cry. That last part might might be true. We'll see. Uh, let's do this. Lots of leftover calls from yesterday, a couple from today. And so no time to waste. Setting, 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 delaying, delaying. Henry, you are on the line, sir. Hey, Ryan. This is Henry, your least favorite Minnesota. And I'm in Wisconsin for once because I had to come over here to watch that f***ing game. Okay. That f***ing bag of refs where they the defense folds and then suddenly Razul makes a great stop and then they call a f***ing just a unnecessary roughness penalty on him what the f*** you bag of right can you actually call the game right you call holding when Savage barely touches a guy's helmet but then Dobbs gets his head nearly ripped off and you don't call a single f***ing thing for face masking I'm a little drunk I was at a bar it was it was a, it was a good time until the Packers started in losing. Right. Okay, Ryan. Thanks. That's just That's my fine. thoughts on the game. That's Glad fine. to talk to you. See you later. Listen to you tomorrow. Bye. All right. <laughs> I appreciate the giggle in the background. Well, it's a great way to start the show, um, sir. Let's uh, let's just leave it at that. I think I think it speaks for itself. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Aaron here. Hey, Aaron. Um, so I figured I would just while I'm waiting for the Vikings-Bears game to start, which feels like a gut shot after whatever the heck we just watched yeah. is. Um, but anyways, so my immediate thought of this game is, what the heck? I'm just at the point where it's just like, Aaron Rodgers is great. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best of all time. Yeah. But... At times when he decides to just lob, launch it to 13 or 18 and or last year 17, that that was our downfall last year in the end. Yeah. At what point are we going to recognize this and say, we need to move on? I, like, I, this has been consistent. It's not something that's just been recently. It's... Matt LaFleur has a system that is designed for quarterbacks to succeed, but Rodgers, for some reason, doesn't seem like he can when it really matters. There's times where it's like, where I'm sitting back and watching that, the game where it's just like, Jordan Love wouldn't make that throw. Jordan Love wouldn't do what Aaron Rodgers just did. It's becoming a theme. So, I don't know, I'm just... At what point is it time to realize, and I guess 
deal with that issue. I, and I don't know how to deal with that issue, but because you can't trade, you can't cut Aaron Rodgers. But it's like Aaron Rodgers sometimes holds this team back, and as great as he is, sometimes that's a problem. Anyways, just figured I'd call and give you my immediate thoughts of after the game. But <sighs> next day I have to watch the Vikings and Bears. So after that, this kind of hurts. Not going to lie. Well, anyways, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, no, it's, there's a similar sentiment going on around. And if you listen to the podcast tomorrow, it sounds kind of like what I'm saying. The the complication is, first of all, if you even mention Jordan Love, how dare you? How dare you mention Jordan Love in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers? Like, all right, I get it. Calm down, all right? I get it. My position, personally, and I think m- most people would at least agree with the first part, um, the team's going to get worse when Rodgers leaves. There's no question about it. But there are certain areas where... yeah. We all acknowledge that there are certain things Rodgers can do that nobody can. All right, so let's say that's 5% of the game. There's 5% of the game that there's one or two guys in the NFL that will succeed while everyone else loses, and Rodgers is one of those two guys. Okay, but that's 5% of the game. There's also a large portion of the game that 95% of quarterbacks do that Rodgers doesn't. And I think it's acknowledging that 5% that's really bothering us and it kind of goes both ways number one we can't just look at those plays and say Rodgers is terrible in those areas therefore we'd be better without him because there's still the rest of the game where we would probably be in a lot of trouble without Rodgers um but it's also unfair to act like in every facet of everything that the guy has ever done he's better than everybody else it's not true and I think it is fair to recognize that there are certain areas that he's just not doing what needs to be done. Uh, he relies, I, I, I've been saying this for a long time, he relies too much on himself. He is the superstar, and, and I'm sorry. I think right now Aaron Jones and, and, and A.J. Dillon, the running backs, are the superstars. I think those are the guys we need to lean on, and I don't care how many guys are in the box. Again, I'll elaborate more on that tomorrow. Um, you think Saquon never sees a stack box? You, you th- put it to you another way. Do you think the Titans, the Giants... The Browns, do you think they abandon the run if they just start putting eight guys in the box? Of course they don't, because that would be stupid. There's a reason why those guys are leading the league in rushing while Aaron Jones is not. And it's not because he's not a better running back, because on a yards-per-carry basis, on a, on a yards-after-contact basis, on, on every metric on a per-carry basis, Aaron Jones is arguably the best running back in football. The reason he's not in the stratosphere above the greatest of the great is because we don't... Give him the ball. (laughs) And it's not like we're the only team that ever sees a stack box. In fact, he sees it significantly less than most others. Anyways, the, like you said, I I don't know how to fix it. That is the problem. There's no fixing Rodgers at this point. There's no fixing it. This is what it is. And you can understand why the Packers, when they got Matt LaFleur, were at least interested in exploring the option of, of moving in a new direction. If Rodgers is not going to listen, and he's declining, and he's got an attitude, you know, yeah, he's he's real good and all, but maybe we start looking in this direction. Well, then he goes on to win MVP, and the attitude didn't really turn around until maybe like this year, but um, 
you kind of get it, but now you kind of live with it and say, listen, he's great. Uh, it would be nice if he actually listened to the guy that we paid to come in here and, and make things work or whatever. But it's not, and I shouldn't even act like he's not listening. But the point is when, when you have a play called in that has multiple plays with it, and even if it doesn't, he can change the play, um, it's always going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense, right? Because if a head coach, and, and believe me, Matt LaFleur would be absolutely crucified if at any point the media or Packer fans or, or NFL fans at large found out that um, Matt LaFleur was not allowing Rodgers to take full control of the offense. If, if Rodgers wanted to do something but was being handcuffed, how dare you? How dare you handcuff the greatest quarterback of all time? What gives you the right? That man should be fired on the spot. I mean, think about it. We, we crucify Brian Gutekunst for not allowing Aaron Rodgers to be GM. That makes significantly less sense than letting Aaron Rodgers call the plays, which is basically what he's doing. So, again, we are better with Aaron Rodgers than without him, but there, there, there is a ceiling, and we can't get through it. And so we're stuck. We stick with Aaron Rodgers, and we get what we always got, which this year seems like it's going to be worse than before because Aaron, what Aaron Rodgers likes to do works a lot better when he has that elite wide receiver. And now that he doesn't have it, I don't know how good this is going to be. This might just be a disaster. We'll see. But that's not going to change. So we stick with Rodgers. We get what we always got. Or we move in a new direction. The overall play goes down because we don't have a quarterback that's as good. And everyone goes, you idiots got rid of Rodgers. <laughs> so there's no winning here. The only winning would be if, if Rodgers leaves and then we suck, and then we draft a really good quarterback, and then bang, 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 boom, we end up with a good team. But that's a several-year proposition. So I agree with you saying, I don't know what to do, because I don't know what to do either. The only thing we can do is say, this is the situation we're in, and hope that the way that they do business, we come up to... The, the only way the Packers win is with a lot of elite talent, right? Because we don't play at 110%. We don't even play at 100% or 90%. We, we, we play at about 80%. Just making them numbers, but go along with me. And we operate in very specific, very um, easy to read, easy to shut down situations. So everybody knows what we're doing. It's a matter of, can we overcome everybody when they know what we're going to do? And that only works when you have just elite players playing at a really high level. So we need David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Aaron Rodgers and all the wide receivers and all the offensive linemen and definitely the running backs. And we need our defense with Rashawn and Kenny and all those guys firing at all cylinders. And if we get it, then it doesn't matter. All those flaws just kind of get swept under the rug. And it doesn't matter if we don't play at 100%. It doesn't matter if we don't prepare as much as everybody else or want it as bad as everybody else. It doesn't matter if we're not as good as in, with in-game adjustments because we'll just keep doing the same thing. And eventually, you know, we'll just connect on that play and we'll end up winning the game. That's all we can do. Just hope everybody is just dominant across the board, and we're so unbelievably good, and we need to be about you know, 75% better than the best team if we're going to win the Super Bowl, just based on talent, probably more than that. Because we already have the best team on paper, and we're not even a Super Bowl-caliber team. So we've got to be about 100% better than, <laughs> than the team we're playing, because we play at about 50% of the ability. I don't know. That makes sense. Just, just whatever. Why do we forget the run in the second half? I'm so sick of it. You know, I, I didn't even really look at the stats until today. Um, today was the first time I, I really looked into the stats, and I was recording the podcast today for 
tomorrow. And you're going to hear me about lose. My, my brain breaks when I see the rushing statistics. <laughs> A.J. Dillon had almost six yards per carry and touched the ball six times. Six. Again, I, I, don't, I don't care about a stack box. Make them prove to you that they can stop it because they didn't. Aaron Jones is running at about five yards per carry. A.J. Dillon's about six yards per carry, and they didn't touch it 20 times combined. You know, if, if, that's, if that's you being your best in terms of being cerebral, I don't know, man. I know there's an extra guy in the box. I don't care. The, the, the offensive linemen are doing a good job run blocking, and your running backs are doing a good job running. So run the freaking ball. But you know what's going to happen. They're going to call a run play. It's going to be into a stack box. We're going to get one yard. Rogers is going to look at the sideline with that look in his eyes that says that was a stupid effing play if he doesn't just say it directly to him. And Matt's going to go, well, we'll never do that again. If you see something, make sure you check it, Rogers. You know what to do. And he's like, yeah, you're darn right. And then from then on, that's just, that's it. Don't jump. Get off the ledge. Get off the bridge. Just keep walking on that bridge. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, three and two. Worst coach ever. Fire the coach. And the defense. I could say fire the defensive coordinator, but we just get the same thing. It, it never changes. I mean, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, the panic sets in. Did I, did I cover everything? No. Oh, no, I missed one. Uh, I saw one person said, take, uh, uh, cut Rogers, take next year, and then we can draft uh, Archie Manning. Arch. You know, that's the panic that goes on. It's ridiculous. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Just, just from a, again, I know this is all blasphemy, and I disagree that it's ridiculous, but, um, well, part of it might be a little ridiculous. If we, we're going down the wrong path here, but just the way, my pragmatic mind works. If Rodgers is gone in a year or two anyways, why would we not want to get a guy like Arch Manning? <laughs> right? It's like, or we just hang on as long as we can and then don't, you know, I mean, there'll be a quarterback at some point no matter what, but let's just say you could guarantee it. You could guarantee it. You know, so, all right, let, let, me, let me get the, the timeline set up here. This is 22. We can have Rodgers back for 2023 and we fail. And it sucks. And then he leaves. And then 2024, we kind of get like a pick 12 overall, whatever. Can't really get a quarterback. So Love takes over. Maybe if he's even still here. I don't know. And then we suck again. And then maybe 2025, we end up getting a quarterback. Maybe that's kind of high up if there's a guy. Or, or, and let's just assume Arch Manning is like the next coming of Peyton Manning. If we could guarantee that by shipping Rodgers off after this year, 2023, we tank, 2024, we get Manning. If we could guarantee it, would you do it? I would do it. But what, I, I, what, what do we need one more year of Rodgers for if it's not going to be a good year? But I, I, I will generally agree that there is an overreaction taking place in terms of we're screwed, we're doomed, whatever. But I also think you need to start acknowledging some of the issues that are going on. Right, it's it's after week one. Oh, we're gonna get it figured out. And you could say three and two all you want, but we haven't deserved a single win aside from the Bears game. I mean, the Tampa Bay game was a disaster. The New England game was a disaster. This one was a disaster. The Vikings game was a disaster. We just happened to barely win a couple of them. 
but we haven't looked good in really any of these games. And it, it, I think that's the problem. It's not like we've been real good and then we dropped one to the Giants in some kind of a fluke game. That, that was my first thing is to say, hey, we're three and two and nobody's really figured it out or whatever. But the problem with going down that path, the inaccurate part of going down that path is that this isn't a fluke. This is just how they've been playing all year. And it's not great. So it's still possible they turn it around, but we need to at least orient the way we see this properly. They are a bad team that needs to figure out how to play properly and has the talent to do so. And if they can, they'll be a playoff team and who knows where they go from there. But I absolutely disagree with the idea that they are a good football team or that we have to acknowledge that they're going to be better because there's no real foundation to stand on. All I can do is look at what they are and what they are is a pretty bad team. That's where I'm at. Okay, so we're three and two. Uh, I thought this was the worst the receivers looked, uh, except for Cobb. Cobb. Yeah, and uh, PFF backs you up on that. I think Cobb had a pretty good grade. Everybody else was bad. Lazard was bad. Uh, Dobbs had a pretty low grade. Watson, for whatever it's worth, he didn't hardly do anything, but he had a kind of a low grade. Um, yeah, that's that's about it, and they were all pretty low. It's got to be a timing thing because Cobb kind of knew where to be and Rodgers knew where to throw it. But the receivers really look lost on those long passes, uh, whether it's Rodgers' fault or receivers' fault. Um, I don't know. But not a good offensive game. Again, stalled in the second half. So To be fair, stalling is very polite. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess technically it's accurate, but it's not like they slowed down. It came to a dead stop. Zero, zero, zero points. I'm not counting the two points. Zero points. That's, that is just, I mean, to get 20 in the first half, so you're on pace for 40 and then to get zero, that just blows my mind to be that bad. And the defense, you know, I, I, what do you say? They got cut up by, by, uh, the quarterback, Jones. So I don't know, but it's got to get better. It is the Packers. They do recover. But when was the last time they've been in this situation? I mean, we haven't really seen this since 2018 and that was rough. 2015 wasn't the greatest year. I don't know if it was this bad. I don't really remember. Uh, 2017 was only bad because of the Rodgers collarbone situation. We haven't seen this, not since Matt LaFleur has been here, not even close. I mean, there's, they've, it's been a team that wins very consistently and then we'll have just a collapse game, but usually against a very good team. Like I said, we've never lost a game where we're favored by more than five and a half points. We were favored by eight and lost. Um, and that was before if, if, if the Vegas People had known about all the injuries that were going to happen during the game. We'd have been twelve point favorites. Kyle Brandt was talking about, you know, this is a team that was down by twenty at halftime. They lost their guard. They lost their. They came into the game with three down, three receivers. They lost their number one corner. They lost their backup corner. They lost another defensive tackle. I mean, in the game, they lost Saquon Barkley, and they come back to win whatever they won the second half by nineteen to zero or something ridiculous. 17 to 2 or whatever. And yeah, that's that's fantastic for the Giants, but what the heck does that say about us? That's 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 horrific. I mean, they had bad corners coming into the game 
They already were down one. They lost two more. What what the heck are we doing? I don't get it. And they were daring us to throw. <laughs> they're down their top three receivers, and they dared us to throw, and we couldn't do it. If they're 14 and 3, 13 and 4, you know, it'll be fine. But no reason to get on the ledge yet. We'll give it another week. Bye-bye. Yeah, and, and the, you know, the again, the, the easiest path to take here would be to say the reason that this was so bad is because it was a London trip, right? A lot of people were concerned about that. So, but what, next week we go to New York and play the Jets? That's still traveling to New York, uh, you know, after a big London trip. There's no reason to think that's going to be better. So I don't know if next, next week is going to make us feel much better. If we win, it'll probably be an ugly win. I've already bet on the under because for some reason we're already seven and a half point favorites, which I just, as soon as I saw that, I started laughing, which I did the same thing last week when it said we were eight point favorites. Like, are you out of your mind? And, and then at game time, when I go to put in the bet, it was eight and a half. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm going to bet the under all year if they don't figure it out. Jets just hung 40 on a team. The Packers just lost to the Giants after about six injuries that happened during the game. And by the way, they were massively injured going into the game. They had, what, five, six injuries going in? Lost another five guys, including Saquon on a touchdown drive? So, you know, we ain't going to be 14-3, 13-4. No chance. Unless just a complete 180 takes place. But again, the reason I don't have optimism for that is because week two, three, and four didn't kind of make me feel comfortable enough to where when I saw this collapse, it's like, well, that was just the London thing. I mean, even the Bears game, as great as that might have seemed, that was a kind of a terrible performance. When you factor in how much worse the Bears are than, than ever, how terrible the Bears are, and then factor in the Packers' history, you know, their lowest scoring game on Sunday night or something in, in Lambeau is like 33 points. We massively underachieved across the board in that game. Everything's coming in under. And Vegas ke- it keeps giving us credit, and we keep coming in under. And we keep coming in lower and lower and lower than what the expectations are. It's not good. Not good, man. Howdy, this is Jared from Texas. Hey. And, yeah, no, that game was um, was tough. But, man, the I can't believe the fact that there was the whole end around and everything, and Dean Lowry just let it slip through his hands, the fact that the defender slipped through his hands, basically. And that long touchdown drive that they had was continued by a penalty, even though our guy was being held like that. That was crazy that, you know, there were some things called and some things weren't. I'm glad that you saw that as well. That that I think it was either Garvin or Kingsley that was being held on the edge. Uh, right at the exact same play, the exact same side of the field that we got called for. Also, that Lowry thing, I can't be too mad at him. He, he he almost blew it up with massive penetration. He just couldn't quite get there in time. It's not his fault. I'm upset that where are the other 10 guys on the team? I mean, if you get like 10 yards of penetration and he just is out of your reach, there should be three, four, five other guys rallying to the ball. Nobody was there. I can't stand that stuff. Can't really blame the refs, even though... Big baby Brady kind of uh, got uh, got a good call against him to win the game. You know that whole roughing the passer was not roughing the passer, but you know, hey, we had a good first half. 
but then not a stellar second half. It's we're a team of two one half. That's all we got right now. And hopefully we can make a playoff push because I can see us still only losing four games because the biggest losses I can see are to the Bills and the Eagles. But who knows? Maybe we can see them with 12 or 13 wins on a winning streak and make it into the playoffs. Anyways, what did you think about the game, man? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm kind of just in wait-and-see mode. Um, you know, it's going to sound pessimistic if I give a, a score or a, a record prediction, but it's not about pessimism or optimism. I, I wouldn't give a prediction based on how good I think, you know, it's, it's like, well, they're a six-win team or whatever the, the, the record would be. It's just all I have is the information that I've seen. Can they win 12 games? Yeah, but they would need to do a complete 180 because it's not just the Eagles and the Bills that are going to beat them. I mean, they're going to get stomped out by those teams, but right now... There aren't any teams in the NFL that I can look at and say, I know we beat them. We have faced three injury decimated teams in a row, and we we have they've all come down to the wire and we barely ended up beating two of them. That's how that ended up. We could have easily gone 0-3 against three injury decimated teams. One of them is Tom Brady on a team in which the offense has been struggling all year with zero wide receivers due to injury and, and the number one wide receiver because of um, suspension. The next week, third string quarterback, the whole nine yards, you know the routine. This week, again, going through it all again. A healthy Jets team is probably one of the better teams we've, we've seen in a while. I mean, I know Tampa Bay's got a good defense and everything, but the Jets are, are not as bad as, like I said, I said coming into the year, they don't seem to ever put it on the field, but on paper, they're not a bad team. Quarterback seems to be playing decent ball. They have a good group of wide receivers. They have a pretty good offensive line. They've got some pieces. They've got, I mean, Sauce Gardner, and I think they've got two really good corners over there. So why would I come into this game like, oh, yeah, we're going to smoke them? Why? They're better than the Giants are, I think. So it, it's weird because it's a, it's a delicate balance between overreacting and just stating the facts. And it feels like stating the facts right now is overreacting, or at least it sounds that way, because five seconds ago, we were in playoff contention, and then we watched this game, and everybody realized, no, we're not. It's weird. I don't know. Oh, hey, this is Jared again. Hey. Um, yeah, the whole fact that our pass rush kind of died out toward the end of the game, and the fact that they showed on the sideline, Rashawn Gary looking gassed, like he looked out of breath. Do you think Goody might look into a potential free agent or something? Because, man, if we've got an actual third solid pass rusher, I really think it would help a lot. I don't know what Whitney Marshall is doing. I think he either signed or retired, but do you think he might really look into one after this game? Bye. Um, well, Whitney Merciless did retire. He's off grilling and, and chilling um i don't know i it, it just makes me sick to even think about hey maybe if we just had more money right preston and amos and jaron reed and kenny clark and and uh all all the investments that we've made over and over and over and over and over Rashawn gary quay walker devondra campbell sewell douglas da, da, da. if we just had one more bs you have enough you have enough 
he was gassed because the defense was on the field so much. And the defense was on the field so much for two reasons. Number one, the defense couldn't get off the field, primarily stopping the run. And number two, our offense couldn't stay on the field. So if you want Rashawn Gary to be more fresh and not so tired and the rest of the defense, the offense needs to stay on the field for more than three plays, especially after a big, long drive because our defense couldn't get off the field. So it's big, long drive and then, you know, 20 minute break and then big long you know that's the issue not going out and getting some random free agent that's not going to help anything we have more than enough between kenny preston and rashawn to get past rush and we know that hi ryan it's brett from Merrimack. Hi. what an absolute dumpster fire of a game yes i'm kind of getting sick and tired of the whole aaron Rodgers can throw it deep to nobody game run the damn ball <sighs> yeah. it was working if it doesn't try harder it's just absolutely gut-wrenching. I also think that Joe Barry needs to go. They have all the talent in the world on the defense, but he doesn't know how to use any of it. Doesn't know how to adapt and overcome. Matt LaFleur is kind of in that same boat as well. Just atrocious and disgusting, and I don't even know what else to say. Amari Rogers, come on, get him gone. So just, just for the record, I was way too slow on the Dom Capers thing. He was, he needed to go probably three years before I finally admitted he needed to go. I, I'm, I can't get there with Joe Barry yet, but I, I at the same time, it, it, the, the thing is, it's like, <laughs> how, how can we be this bad at finding a defensive coordinator? I don't get it. I mean, we went out and got the guy that has a proven track record in Petten, and that was a failure. Then we get a guy that brings in this, that doesn't have the track record necessarily. He has the experience, but not the track record of success, but He's got experience, and he knows the scheme that we want to bring here, and that didn't work. So now what? And, and then we got to deal with that whole thing where you bring in a new defensive coordinator, and it's like, well, it's the first year in the system, and then it's year two. So next year we got so we got another two years, and then maybe that's another failure. And it's like, I, I really I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through two more years of failure just because maybe this isn't it, and maybe we need to do something else. I just want him to make it work, you know? Because it's, it's not just Joe Barry. We got to get rid of everybody. The DBs played like garbage. What's Jerry Gray doing? The linebackers are playing like garbage. What's, our, what's Olivadotti doing? I think that's our linebacker coach. What's Jerry doing? What are these guys doing? What's, why is nobody ready to play? Why does nobody know what to do? Everybody's a failure. It just it, it, I, I can't imagine fire everybody and hire a whole new staff is just going to fix everything because we've been through that. All right, we fired Dom and all his guys, then we brought in Petten and, and some new guys, and then that didn't work, and we fired all those guys, and we brought in new guys, and now that's not working. I don't know, I don't know what to do. I'd like to believe that they can identify the problem and fix it, but I just I don't have any experience of, of witnessing that. What I see every year is talent on paper that never gets put on the football field. I mean, you look at our offensive line, it's a polar opposite. It's a bunch of guys in mid-rounds, late-rounds, and they show up, you know. Yash Nyman, what the, John Runyon, the heck is that? Royce Newman, Bakhtiari's a fourth-round pick. Elton and Josh Myers are second-round picks. We don't have any first-round picks on this offensive line. Not one. We don't have a first-round pick running back. We got a fourth-round pick and a second-round pick, and they're fantastic. We don't have a first-round pick wide receiver, first-round pick tight end. We make it work. Been making it work for a long time. The defense, though? Oh, my good Lord. What, what do we have to do? So again, I, I, I just, I can't get there because I can't get there. I can't, 
I can't. Just can't do it. Because we, you know, again, the idea, well, if, if we just get somebody else, that will fix it. Well, it hasn't ever. So I want Joe to fix it. Joe knows what to do. You know this game. You know this stuff. Figure it out. Matt LaFleur, you're the offensive guy. Well, look at your defense and say, yeah, well, obviously at this point we would have done this, right? How would you have attacked the defense? What are, what are you witnessing as weaknesses in this defense? And then tell Joe and vice versa. Joe, look at your offense and be like, hey, you guys suck at this situation and here's how, and figure it out and fix it. He should have been gone beginning of the year. And yeah, I know Amari's a mess, but he's not going anywhere. I mean, maybe he will. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. He's on his last, well, he was on his last rope. He's got to be gone now. That's ridiculous. Anyway, I don't know if you saw uh, Rashawn Gary getting held at least 30 times again this game, not getting any flags, of course, but, you know, everyone's quick to flag the Packers for everything. Yeah, pretty disappointing. Can't believe they let Danny Dimes tear them apart. They were doing well when they were up 17-3, to stopping Saquon Barkley. What happened to that, Joe Barry? Again, he needs to go. Anyway, guess I'll just hear what you have to say. Very, very disappointing. Had to know it was coming after the last couple weeks, so go pack go. And again, that that's the thing. I mean, it's it's not that they can't strategize, right? They were ready to go. They knew what to do, and they were playing with technique and fundamentals and in the right gaps and everything else. And then the Giants and their staff said, hey, let's change it up, and they started playing differently, and they started calling different plays Nobody knew what to do. The players, I mean, again, Slayton flat out just said, I don't know, we got confused because they were doing stuff that the coaches didn't tell us about. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I don't care. And wh- where's Joe and where's Matt and where's all the other coordinators and all the other guys up in the press box? What are they doing? What do you have this entire staff watching and charting for? I don't, I don't understand what their job is. Maybe, maybe you just don't have enough contingency plans in place. I don't know. It's just, here's what I think they're going to do, and if they do it, and they do it the entire game, we're going to dominate them. If they change it up, we're kind of screwed. Or if they just come in and don't do it at all, we're just going to get just rocked. I don't know, man. Whatever. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Ryan. This is Dan from hey. Indianapolis. Hey, Dan. Ryan. Ryan. Yes, sir. Tell me had two things, two problems with that game. One, the offense, and two was the defense. Fair. So starting off with the offense, it, it's either Malifor or Aaron Rodgers. I, I, there's the play calling in this game, and actually the, the, the first five games of the season has been questionable. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even need to tell you about this game, but why all the passing in the fourth quarter? Aaron Jones. AJ, I mean, A.J. Dillon was almost averaging seven yards a carry. Yep. Like, <laughs> come the f*** on. I'm so sorry about that word. Sorry about that one. Uh, but anyway, that, and two, the, the defense, like, why, we have a f***ing Lamborghini as far as a defense. Yep. What's it like, you know how many first round picks are on this defense or highly fit, like highly paid players that are on this defense? I'm sure you do. Then why are we playing so conservative? Why is it when it's like third and 10 plus? All seven of our DBs are like way, 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 way back there. Like, why are we playing so soft? Playing scared. Like, I'm moving forward. I would love to just see every. Think about that. I mean, you're you're right. We we have a Lamborghini, and 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 a driver that doesn't know how to drive it. But beyond that, we're playing scared. We're playing hesitant. We're playing off. We're playing soft zone. We're playing. We're playing as though. This is the Super Bowl against the, a team that's clearly, clearly better than us, and we just have to be real careful and real cautious. Screw that. It's the Giants with nobody. What are you scared of? To play either Campbell or, or Walker. Just every play, they're the fifth, rushing the quarterback. That's it. I want to see a game where we see that happen. A little bit more man, please, Barry. Oh. Okay, bye now. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. Again, I just I I wouldn't expect anything to change. I just don't. Um, this this is common even before Matt Lafleur and all that. Guys don't really change. They stick to the way that they know how to do things. I mean, that was the thing with Mike McCarthy, and whether he was the problem or not, I don't know. But he had no ability to change. Even when he came in saying everything's going to change, it didn't change. We're going to focus more on special teams. It didn't change. No matter what, nothing ever changes. Dom Capers never changed. Mike Pettin never changed. They, they said they were going to change. Special teams never changed. Nothing changes. Until you have massive sweeping changes, th- those guys don't change. Matt LaFleur will always be Matt LaFleur. He'll call Matt LaFleur plays and have Matt LaFleur plans and a Matt LaFleur attitude. Joe Barry will always be Joe Barry. He'll run the Joe Barry defense the way, you know, and he'll plan the Joe Barry way. Aaron Rodgers will be always, always be Aaron Rodgers. So if we're going to stick with it, then this is what we get. And we just got to win with this this way of doing business. And the option is we deal with it or we find somebody else to either captain the ship, get a new defensive coordinator, new quarterback, whatever. We're not doing any of those things. I don't at this point think we should. I think it's a little early to be rushing to those levels of conclusions. But 
This is this is what it is. There's no there's no changing course with the the same guys we have. That's I just don't think that's a thing. So again, I'm I'm fine just just riding it out and being like, you know what? We're overreacting. That's fine. All the callers were a bunch of idiots. I'm an idiot. We're all idiots. That's fine. Joe Barry's a genius. Matt Lafleur's a genius. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest, best defense in football. All that stuff. The the wide receivers are going to be great. Offensive lines elite. And with that being said, we are going to win the Super Bowl. That's the reality. Okay, we'll see. You got the Jets up next. Jets are not great. Neither were the Giants or the Patriots or Tampa Bay or the Bears or the Vikings for that matter. But uh, but but the Jets are. Let's just say at best a mediocre team. Show it. Show, show, show this playoff caliber team. We'll just sit and wait. No big deal. Knock them out. What do you think? Like 2030 kind of thing? You know, like good offense, good defense. I'm not asking for anything elite. Just you're going to beat them by a sizable margin, at least a seven-point win, right? Offense is going to score a good amount of points, more than 24. Defense is going to allow less than 24-ish, right? And then, you know, again, seven-point ish margin be nice that's what you're going to do right because i'm an idiot and you're elite but i'm an idiot so you're going to go do that no questions asked okay i'm fine with that i will sit patiently and wait look forward to it sounds great hey it's me again hey, man. Mindy. what i meant by the lamborghinis we have good players but this lamborghini is only staying in his residential neighborhood no i got it we're not we're not taking it out on the highway. Right, 20, we're not taking it out to any tracks to have a little bit of fun with it. Yep. I just, uh, and it's being driven by the eighty-year-old retiree that saved up his whole life for this and can hardly get in and out of it, much less drive it. All in all, I just want this team to play to win, not play to lose. And it seems like play to not lose, but yeah, I think they're playing not to lose. Yep. See, even the baby's sad. I know. Baby's sad about this. I know. See? I agree. All right. Later. Way to go, Aaron Rodgers. Way to go. You're making babies cry. I hope you feel good about yourself. I decided to call back to make a correction. All right. This is Bob from Palm Bay, B-A-Y, Florida. <laughs> Not babe. Okay. So you That's can good. take the babe and throw that in the trash, <laughs> but it's Palm Bay, Florida. I can Got sit it. in my backyard and watch the rockets take off when they do. Nice. Sounds good. Anyways, great. to talk about today's game, which was awful, um, came down to, to me, it came down to one thing. Rogers threw 39 passes, and we only did 20 runs. Aaron Jones averaged 4.8 yards per run. Dylan averaged 5.7 yards per run. Why we weren't stuffing it down their throats, I have no idea. That game should have been easily won using the running game and not throwing the ball all over the place. I assume that's probably Rodgers doing the pass option rather than the run option. Anyways, what do you think? I, I agree. The Again, the Dallas Cowboys right now, they're 26th in passing. The Mike McCarthy... Dallas Cowboys, the, the the team that pass, 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 refused to run, refused to feature Aaron Jones, who is a dominant running back, refused to add in Jamal Williams, who is doing a great job, refused, refused to utilize our run game and pass and pass and pass and pass. That Mike McCarthy is currently 26th in the NFL in passing attempts and is 10th in rushing. And that team is four and one. Mike McCarthy is winning in Dallas, by running the ball. 
And it's it, well, it's because they have Cooper Rush. It doesn't matter. They had 107 yards week two. I don't know when when uh, when did Dak go out? Oh, he went out against Tampa, didn't he? That was their only loss. They've gone four in a row. Mike McCarthy, one of the most. I mean, they're almost 50-50 right now. 138 rushing attempts, 147 passing attempts. They had more rushing yards than passing yards this last game by a margin of 163 to 76. They had 176 rushing yards um, against the Giants. Imagine that. That's how they beat the Giants. They ran the ball. But I thought Mike McCarthy didn't have that ability. He's a passing guy. Pass, 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 pass. But no, Mike McCarthy left, and now he's running the ball a lot. By the way, they were 12th in rushing last year. Number one offense in football in points and yards. Sixth in passing, 12th in rushing in terms of attempts. They ran the ball a lot. Mike McCarthy knows how to do whatever it takes to win the game, whether that if it's passing, then pass, if it's running, then run. So why didn't he know how to do that in Green Bay? And, and the, the further question is, why is it we bring in a Shanahan guy where everything builds off the run, and he comes in here and he abandons the run? It's weird. It's, it's so weird. Why is that happening? Maybe because it wasn't McCarthy. Maybe because it doesn't matter if we have Matt LaFleur running a Shanahan offense or not. Because maybe the guy that makes the ultimate decision is Aaron Rodgers, and he will refuse to run into a stacked box. I know he has at times, obviously he has occasionally allowed that to happen. Usually it's the times when we run for two yards and Rodgers stands there and shakes his head and goes, stupid, 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 that whole thing. But I, I, don't, I don't know what else to take away from that. Hey, Ryan, it's Goose. Hey, Goose. I couldn't watch the game live. I had to wait all day for that that was not worth the wait. Yeah, excuse me, because I've had a drink or two at this point. I get uh, it. What the hell was that? What was that? Like, just freaking unacceptable. The offensive line was trash. Rogers throwing more than 10 yards was trash. <laughs> the defense protecting against the pass was trash. And I'm convinced that any time that Barry saw the wildcat formation, he literally just shit his pants. <laughs> oh, my God, what is that? How do we stop it? I don't know. I'm not a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I am barely a high school coach. Time to go. You've got how much first-round talent on this team, and you can't? Stop Daniel Jones, no cornerback, no wide receivers, and a terrible offensive line giants? You can't stop that? Then you aren't a defensive coordinator. Like, it's just beyond pathetic. This team is going nowhere fast. If they keep playing like this, they are going to be a 6-11 and team. And maybe it's time to put Rodgers out the pasture and see what Love can do. Someone that maybe will play within structure of the offense and take the checkdowns when they're there instead of heaving it deep to no one or to the other team's safety, who, thank God, were inept enough to not catch those passes because they were to no one else. That's all I got to say. Well, thank you, Goose. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, I um, kind of touched on a lot of this 
already. So everybody's kind of on the same page. You know, it's funny. I, I had seen somebody, somebody had made a comment to the effect of, you know, you got your positive and negative fans and usually the, the negative fans have one perspective and the positive fans have another. And it seems like there's a lot more consensus than, than is usual. And, and it, it seems weird because it's just, it is just one loss, but it, it seems very obvious that everybody kind of saw it and understands the situation as it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to elaborate on. The only thoughts I had when you mentioned Jordan Love, two things come to mind. Um, number one is if Jordan Love had been the quarterback in this game and we lost, the narrative would have been, you bunch of idiots. I can't believe you got rid of Aaron Rodgers. They would have smoked the Giants and and beaten everybody else, and now you went in this direction, and now look at you. This is what happens when you don't have Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? They would have been wrong. They never would have admitted it because they don't have to because there's no way of knowing or seeing it. But here's the reality. This isn't, And, and this is the same thing that happened in 2018 when everybody says Aaron Rodgers is everything. He's everything. Matt LaFleur gets no credit because Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else gets all the credit because it gets no credit because of Aaron Rodgers. We've seen the team with Aaron Rodgers not succeed, so obviously the pieces around him matter. The defense matters. The receivers matter. The offensive line matters. The head coach, the play calling, all that stuff matters. The idea that Rodgers just drags everybody around is stupid. He's here, and we're not doing well. The other thought is, although it would be annoying to deal with that, that nonsense from the anti-love pro Rodgers contingent that would just love to watch love fail and say that's what you get constantly. Aside from that, for the rest of us, at least it wouldn't have felt as bad. At least you can look at that and say, well, you know, whatever. Just is what it is. But you keep Rodgers around, you pay him all that money, all that money for this. On top of it, it's not just the defense. Look at what we've done with the defense. No, that's true. What about what we've paid Rodgers? What about what we paid Aaron Jones just to not use him? If we're not going to use him, let him go. We got A.J. Dillon. We cannot use him. What are you paying Aaron Jones for? Charity? He can get paid somewhere else. He would have got paid a lot more money. The freaking guy basically took a pay cut to stay here. For what? So that everybody can talk about how great everybody else is, including our own team, highlighting how great Saquon Barkley is? You know how easy it would have been for our coach? That still takes me off. For our coaches to just, when asked about Saquon Barkley, I don't know, we got a guy that's, you know, statistically a little better, but yeah, Saquon's great. No, not a word about Aaron Jones. The guy takes a pay cut just to come here so that nobody knows how good he is, and he ends up, you think this was a pay cut? Wait until he goes and tries to find a job somewhere else and doesn't get the money he deserves, because rather than putting up Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, whoever the big producers are this year instead of putting up those numbers and getting a massive bag because he's considered the best running back in football no he's he's just sort of like a a a really talented guy but not a really big numbers guy or anything which is nonsense we're screwing the guy over because we want to keep him fresh we got we got to make sure we lose enough games you know giving him 13 carries and aj Dillon, mr seven yards a carry six carries so that they have a, a a lot of ability left at the end of the at the end of the year so we can win the games at the end of the year which at this rate won't be the playoffs because we're dropping games to the giants so that we can keep jones and dylan's legs fresh that's great thank you for that thank you for preserving his career that's so nice of you that's so charitable of you the guy should be the number one back in football in fact how about this let's try this one on for size 
Here are the people with the most attempts so far this season. Derek Henry has 104, Nick Chubb 98, Saquon Barkley 97, Joe Mixon 96. If Aaron Jones had 93, less than all of them, less than Henry, Chubb, Barkley, and Mixon, if he just had 93, he'd be number one in the NFL in rushing yards based on his yards per carry. If he was fifth in attempts, he would be number one in yards. Instead, he's 19th, tied with Austin Eckler, just two carries behind A.J. Dillon. He has less carries than James Robinson. Do you know who James Robinson is? Doesn't matter. He's not very good. Christian McCaffrey has more carries. You want to talk about keeping a guy fresh? The guy's constantly injured. How about Jeff Wilson? I've, I literally have never heard of Jeff Wilson. I don't know who that is. Next man up in San Francisco, go figure. Guy's not even talented, but you know what? At San Francisco, we're going to run the ball. He's run the ball 13 more times than Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams, the number two running back in Detroit, has way more carries. Jonathan Taylor, in one less game, has 81 carries. And of course, Ezekiel Elliott out in, out in uh, Dallas, you know, with Mike McCarthy, 81 carries. He should be leading the NFL. He's not. Nick Chubb almost has 600 yards. Aaron Jones hasn't quite cracked 400. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it off there. We've got uh, a couple more calls here, but uh, we'll save those for tomorrow. Please keep them coming in. Um, definitely don't have enough for a show tomorrow, so we're going to need some more. If you have any more thoughts, questions, comments, concerns about the game, please get it in. 608-501-0718. Have a good day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.